Welcome to today's episode of the Grind Road to Success podcast, the place to be if you want to learn how to set yourself apart from the competition and reach your highest potential. I'm your host, Zach Krisik, and if you haven't already yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on another podcast episode and the many tips, tricks, and strategies that can help you reach your highest potential. Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Grind Road to Success podcast, where we talk with other athletes, coaches, and professionals, gaining new insights and perspectives on how you can begin performing at your highest potential. So today we get to sit down and talk with 2022 Grey Cup champion, running back for the Toronto Argonauts, and sports performance coach, AJ Olette. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, AJ. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, um, kudos to uh, getting that last name right. Um, I got people that I, I, I work with and worked with for years that still butcher it. So uh, nice and uh, looking forward to uh, being on the podcast. Right on, right on. I'm glad I got it right the first time. So <laughs> so yeah, let's dive right into things. You know, on this podcast uh, and with our guests and hosts, I just like to get to know a little bit about yourself, um, you know, talking about your experience and what led you to the position you're at today um, and the success you've had. Yeah, so um, I won't I won't start too far back there, but we can go to to high school, um, kind of when sports picks up for a lot of people. Um, I uh, narrowed my 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 focus to football. Um, I knew I wanted to to play in college at some level. Um, tried to reach out and find uh, some sports performance coaches in the area, just because where I'm from, that's not a huge thing for schools to do for us. Um, so I found a place to kind of help me. Um, fine-tune some tools I needed to to get noticed by colleges. Um, ended up having a great junior-senior season, broke uh, some records, um, top three in the state on rushing, um, rushing yards and touchdowns and all that. Still no looks. Ended up talking to some Division One schools I wanted to go to. Um, I had two Division Two offers, but um, my goals and where I wanted to go with my career – I figured Division One would be the best to get noticed by a professional team, so I decided to uh, walk on at Ohio University as a as a running back. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult because they had two already incoming freshman running backs on scholarship. Um, Malik Irons from uh, British Columbia, and then Poppy White, he's from Oklahoma. <clears throat> Both of them um, had a couple years in CFL when I'm still playing, so great running back group is what we had down there. Um, started off um, as a walk-on, um, kind of, you know, put my head down, went to work. I tried to do the right thing. Um, I figured the best way to get noticed by the coaches is not to get noticed, um, you know, in a negative way. So don't skip your classes. Uh, don't miss workouts. Don't show up late to anything. So I kind of tried to be quiet and do everything perfect. And it got the coach's attention. And um, I ended up getting a scholarship um, right after uh, fall camp. So a week before season started, um, they said it was the fastest they've ever seen someone earn a scholarship. They said I definitely earned it just from my leadership as a, as a freshman coming in. 
Um, so it kind of hit the ground rolling. Um, already was on a uh, high peak after getting my uh, scholarship. So momentum was continuing. Um, I was on all special teams. Um, going into the first week, I was fifth string on the depth chart at running back, which was fine. As a true freshman playing special teams, I was happy. Um, first game, we had a torn MCL and five fumbles by the running back group. Next thing I know, I'm in there on the last drive with like three minutes to go. We drive down the field and kick the winning field goal. And the the rest was history. I started four years after that um, down in college. Um, had a, a small tryout in the NFL after that. Um, kind of wasn't in the right mindset in that in that situation. Um, had some ups and downs, getting cut, but then found a home up in the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts in 2019. And uh, it's been a slow grind to get to the Grey Cup this past year, but it was all worth it. So, you know, kind of walk me through the process that you kind of took. So you mentioned, of course, it, it takes years to get where you want to be. But were, what were some of the you know challenges and struggles you faced? Because I feel like as an athlete, any high-performing athlete, we all go through those challenges, struggles, right? We're going to experience those, those failures um, and setbacks. How were you able to manage them throughout their process and be able to stay consistent to get where you're at today? Um, I had a great support staff. Um, kind of helped me get through it. Um, the biggest thing um, from going from level to level was uh, the mental side of it, my confidence in myself. Um, I don't know why I've always kind of doubted myself trying to get to the next level, but I was like, maybe I don't belong. I went to the smallest division um, high school-wise in Ohio. So then going to college at Division One level, I was like, well, maybe I'm, I'm biting off more than I can handle. Um, but after I got a feel for everything and um, – Notice that my talent was just with everybody else and maybe even a little higher confidence built from there. And like I said, I, I started four years, did great. But then the exact same thing happened when I went from uh, college to um, the NFL was I saw all these, you know, big, big name guys and um, mindset dropped again. And um, at that level, if you're not, you know, clear, if you're not confident in yourself, um, you're going to be a step or two behind in all your decision-making. And that's what I think ended up getting me cut was from the Browns. They had a great running back group in 2019 with um, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Duke Johnson, um, Dearness Johnson. Um, and um, I just felt like I wasn't putting my best performance on the field because I was always worried about messing up. And you can't do that at that level. Um, so that's what I think hurt me the most. And now I look back knowing if I do get another opportunity to just, you know, hit it full running, there's nothing to lose at this point. And um, if I don't get another opportunity, um, I'm definitely enjoying my uh, my career up in the CFL. So I'm going to try to make that uh, last as long as possible. So you mentioned the confidence piece, you know, how important is that for especially youth athletes coming up to succeed and see success long-term, especially to get to the professional levels like you're at today? You know, I could just only imagine how much pressure there is at those levels. How important is, you know, that mindset and confidence piece to, you know, stay consistent and go the distance in achieving your greatest goals as an athlete? Yeah. So I, th I think confidence is number one um, on the list that you need to build up in kids. Um, we got so many 
lower levels of eight, nine, ten year old kids that are getting cut from sports, so they're constantly getting screamed at by their parents. And that's not building confidence. That's just making them scared to step up to the plate next time, um, to even swing the bat, to even take a handoff because they're 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 just scared they're going to make a mistake and get screamed at on the way home. So <clears throat> if we can just put aside parents' prides and stuff like that and just go all in for the kids, build that confidence first. And then once you get to the junior high, high school level, you can start critiquing it, you know, making them focus on um, the, the details of the game. But from a young age, build it up, enjoy the game, um, just so when their bodies develop, they can actually handle the critique and the, the technique uh, wrinkles in the sport and in the game. Um, but you don't have to worry about them thinking too much because they've already built that confidence in themselves. So that's that's where I'm at with the youth is we, we need to we need to focus on uh, confidence first off and then have fun. Too many too many um, great athletes get burnt out um, just because they're not having fun. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent there. Right. You know, I've seen so many of my friends, other athletes. Um, even at that high school level where they burn out by the time they get to college, you know, they're just not enjoying their sports anymore, whether it's because of a coach, right? Just bad experience, especially re relating to that confidence piece. Yeah, it can have a huge impact, a huge hit on, you know, how you feel and perform, uh, especially when you get to those higher levels. But, you know, I'm curious, how important is that self-talk piece? Because I feel like that really correlates to the confidence side as well. You know, an athlete like yourself competing at those high levels, how important is that self-talk piece? And, you know, what do you say to yourself in those big games, you know, those stressful moments, um, you know, when things may get super hectic, whether it's an exam as well in school, how do you kind of manage that? And what do you tell yourself um, in those big moments? Yeah. So to, to battle self-talk, um, I'm, I'm going to say hundred percent of people have that, that voice in their head. That's, that's always negative telling them something that they shouldn't uh, negative in my abilities if I'm at practice or in a game, I'll go find someone and just talk about something random. Um, Cause as soon as I can get that, that thought out of my head, then I can switch back to, I am the guy I've been, I've, I've been working my tail off to get to this situation. I'm prepared, um, everything like that. But first I just got to, you know, change, change the topic in my head, just change it real quick. And then when I come back to it, I'll be focused and, and ready to tell myself what I need to hear. And that was, I think a, an issue early in my career because I'm not one to talk. I'm very quiet um, uh, on the sidelines at practice. Um, I was always the just lead by example guy. So when the, that negative voice came through, it was just there. I was just listening to it. I, I could hear it. Um, I didn't have any outlet. But as I developed into a, a, a vocal leader, um, one that someone can talk to or even voice my opinion on topics it gave me a uh, outlet on that that self-talk so I, I had a, a reason to go talk to someone because I was viewed as a, a vocal leader so I could just bring up a, a issue or just bring up something that happened at breakfast with a, a teammate just to clear my mind um, so that's the the way I deal with the self-talk um, I know there's multiple reasons and definitely some research out there that can help you develop better self-talk but that's just my way of um, kind of ignoring it until I can focus back um, in a positive way.
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just kind of adding on to your point there, you know, even just journaling, just getting your thoughts out of your head, because right in a day, we have so many thoughts that are running through our mind, whether it be from work, school, relationships, right, there could be a million things all at once. Um, like you said, just to get it out of your head, just talk with someone about it. It could just be going on a little rant or rambling on a little bit, but being able to process it, right? Understand it. Okay, it's out. We've addressed it. Now we can move on um, and keep moving forward. But yeah, I feel like that's a huge piece. And this is one thing I tell athletes all the time, you know, relating to, to that self-talk and kind of confidence piece is, you know, there's a big difference between cocky and being confident. And I like to, you know, essentially think that, cockiness is when you walk into a room and you need to let everyone else know how good you are right but when you're confident you can walk into that room and you already know you're the best so with that internal self-talk right you can tell yourself all right I may not be the best player on my team I may not even be the most talented player in the country whatever it may be but if I believe in myself right with that internal self-talk I feel like that helps so much more especially in the long term when you get onto that field right you get to that big exam I mean, you can walk in there with confidence and just that belief, which I feel like is very important. And then, yeah, of course, you know, developing that self-talk to to stay confident, stay consistent. Um, but I'm curious now, you know, on the preparation side of things, especially being a, an elite performer, high-level athlete, what do you do to prepare, um, whether it's for a game, practice, and just being able to stay consistent, stay motivated, um, and get the work you done, the work you need done in a week. Uh, yeah, so uh, a basic week um, and kind of at a professional level, it, it varies um, week to week. Um, so beginning of the year, it's kind of jam packed with, um, you know, skill development, um, working with your, your, your teammates, because every year um, you get a new team, you might get three new old linemen and you just need to get an extra couple reps kind of feeling what their bodies do and like how they move, what they're thinking. Um, so it's jam-packed on actually moving. And then later on in the season, it is more listening to your body and, you know, trying to figure out what it needs. If you need to take a couple more reps off of practice, go see the massage therapist, see the physical therapist. Um, if you need to, like you said, journal, get your mind just clear. Um, it changes week to week. So, I try to kind of listen to my body, feel what I need. If I'm just always in a fog, if I'm always, you know, thinking, I obviously need to, you know, go for a long walk, clear my head, um, read a book or something, just sit down and just relax, um, get the mind to, to shut off. Um, but at the beginning, it's, it's jam-packed with movement. And um, like I said, just, just getting used to the, the new teammates. Gotcha. So I'm curious now, you know, on the other end of it, how do you prepare for those high pressure situations? You know, kind of walk me through your experience, at least with the Grey Cup and what it was like to prepare for that and go through that that game situation um, where things can get so hectic and, you know, when the big things are on the line at that moment. Yeah, I think um, at a professional level, um, just just speaking for myself, um, years of playing the game in certain situations kind of leads you to being more comfortable um, into a situation like the great cup or like um, the athletes going into the, the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Um, I've played in high pressure games and I don't notice it once, once the game starts, you know, at the beginning, especially great cup week, 
Um, there's media grabbing you every day after practice. So you got to talk to the media. You got to go sign autographs for the fans, which is great, but it's just taking your mind. It's just adding more um, things for you to do in the day, causing your body more stress. Um, so at a professional level, just, just, just handling stress a little bit better um, will make you uh, succeed. Um, yeah, just, just like I said, uh, handling the stress, um, and then once the game starts, my, my mind's clear. Um, I did enjoy the, the loud crowd. Um, you don't get that too, too often in Toronto. So, um, hearing the, the loud crowd kind of, I don't, I don't want to say calm me down, but just put me at a, I would say a flow state and easy, um, just, just go out there and perform, do everything I've always, um, practiced on doing. So relating, you know, to that kind of stress, those pressures and those nerves, um, are there any strategies or skills do you suggest for other athletes, whether it's youth athletes, professional athletes, to be able to, you know, manage those a bit better um, and handle them, especially in those big game situations? Yeah, so um, I do get uh, a little pregame jitter. Um, and the best thing that I've I've noticed to, to get rid of that is, you know, talk with a teammate. Um, you got to find out what teammates you can talk to because some people are super just like lasered focused, don't want to talk to anyone right before games. Other people are laughing and goofing off the whole time. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle, um, but when I feel that the the butterflies that I still enjoy getting, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go make a comment to the quarterback or to a coach or something. And they're just like, yep, that, that, that means you still love the game. Um, you, you still care. Um, another thing I picked up, two years ago um, was just juggling. So um, I tried to find more things to add pregame to help with something that might pop on the field. So hand-eye coordination. So I started juggling and I realized once I had to truly focus um, intensely on an activity, butterflies went away, um, thoughts went away. Um, so if I feel something pop up, um, I'll, I'll, I'll grab the, the tennis balls I have sitting in my locker and I'll, I'll do five minutes of juggling, um, trying to get a little bit more creative where I'm juggling, bouncing one off the wall and, um, just having fun with it. And, uh, that, that, that seems to help. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, just different things you can do to prepare for a game, you know, get your mind off things such as the juggling or yeah, you don't prepare for those big game situations where, um, you know, say the football's flying in there, right? You know, those crazy situations and being able to capitalize on it um, can, yeah, you know, have a huge impact, especially throughout the game and those big game situations. Um, you know, I'm curious now, as an elite performer and high level athlete, what does performing at peak potential mean to you? Um, peak potential. Um, that's something I believe everyone needs to strive for, but I don't think anyone will ever achieve in, in my mind. Um, it is a, a, a talent that we were all given and everything that you do through the day should hone towards that, that talent. So with me, um, I was, I was blessed with the ability to run the ball decently quick, powerful legs, which leads into a, a, a good running back. So through the day, I try to focus on what will make me a better running back. Um, so my workouts, my, my, so my lifting, my speed workouts, um, my, um, 
meditation, kind of clearing my head, um, and then recovery aspect of that. So throughout the day, if you can get majority of your task to lead towards your, um, your talent, what you were blessed with, um, I think that's leading towards peak perf um, potential performance. Um, so I don't, I don't think anyone will ever achieve their, their peak potential, but it's something we can always strive to, to get. And then at the end of the day, um, what we end with is the best we can do with it. Yeah. You know, that's a very interesting perspective because I feel like so many athletes, and I'm sure you can relate to this yourself, AJ. Um, but as you know, a multi-sport athlete, myself, high performing athlete up into the college level, um, I feel like we're all perfectionists in some way, right? Where we want to be able to be the best. Um, anything short of that isn't good enough. And I know it can be challenging, especially on the mental aspect uh, for athletes. You know, I just look back to situations where I'd play and I'd be beating myself up, right? Because I thought I wasn't good enough or I was failing at this. But like you say, you know, performing at peak potential, we can strive for that. We may not necessarily always get there. But as long as we're continuing to grow, right, learn, adapt, get better, I feel like you're going in the right direction. And, you know, hopefully one day can perform at your peak potential, whether that's on the field, off the field. Um, but yeah, you know, just relating to that perfectionism. I feel like so many athletes have, um, especially when you get to those higher levels, right? You want to be able to play college someday, the pros. And of course, you want to be able to be the best you possibly can be. But just also understanding, you know, pressure, the more pressure you put on yourself, it's going to ultimately limit you. So being able to you know, handle those pressures and like we kind of chatted about already, uh, manage those stresses a bit can have a huge impact on your performance. And, you know, being able to get into that flow state, like you say, as well, where you can just calm yourself um, and lock in, uh, especially those big game situations. I'm curious, do you do like any mental stuff like relating to meditation and mindfulness on that side of things um i've done it back and forth uh it's something i never you know stick to um it's something if i if i feel my body needs a change i'll definitely add in uh meditation for a performance um, basis but normally i use it for just clearing my mind um or if i have extra time and like um, like we talked about trying to get to your peak um, potential. I'm like, well, this is something that could help me. So I have extra time through the day. Why, why not do it? Um, so it's something I add in every once in a while, but it's something I don't, I don't do daily. Um, just, just when I feel like I, I need to. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm curious now, what do you feel like are the biggest mindset changes or shifts athletes need to make in order to reach that higher potential um, or in order to just be more confident, whether that's on or off the field? Um, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, like, like you said, um, trying to be uh, perfect on, on the field is never going to happen. So the big thing that I've noticed with my confidence is I would always beat myself up and say I'm not good enough if I made a mistake. And now um, in my career where I'm at, currently is if I make a mistake, okay, boom, put it in the back of my mind because I get to watch film a little bit later and um, process what I was thinking during the play on why I might have messed up, watch film, you know, see see a different uh, side of it and, you know, fix the mistakes. So use – don't beat yourself down on uh, mistakes. 
just know that it's a learning aspect and you're just going to get better at the end of the day from it. So as long as you can, you know, sit down and truly think about why you made the mistake and fix it, you've, you've just gotten better. So just put that in your head that, yeah, I got better instead of I made a mistake today. For sure. I agree with you hundred percent there, AJ, and especially relating to that failure side, which I feel like holds so many athletes back, you know, just people in general is when they fail at something, they feel like, you know, it's the end of the world or I'm not good enough. Right. That negative headspace uh, begins, right. Those negative thoughts come and it can be super difficult to get out of those. Like I said, I feel like you can relate to that. Right. I can relate to that being an athlete. And I feel like almost everyone can in some, some aspect. Um, but yeah, being able to really process and understand what failure is. And a big thing that helped me, especially at that college level was shifting the meaning of failure. So I feel like, you know, so many people um, relate failure to an identity where it's like, I failed, I'm a failure. Well, if you think that, right, you're not going to feel very good about yourself. You're not going to be confident compared to flipping that to I failed. All right, perfect. Now, what can we learn from this, right? What can we adapt and change? And at least for me, you know, my mindset and perspective on failure is the only time you truly fail is when you give up on something because you're never going to continue with it, Right. So everything else in between is just little adjustments, tweaks, pivots uh, to move you forward. And that's not failure, right? That's learning, that's growth. And I feel like if you can do that and compound that over a sustained period of time, right? That's when you're going to get the massive results. Um, and, you know, just relating to your own experience, I'm curious, was that kind of a big thing with you, you know, especially through the high school level, the college level and the pro level, um, managing those failures and being able to build on them, I'm sure was a huge thing uh, to get where you're at today and succeed at the level you are. Yeah. So um, starting at a youth level, um, I was always one of the more talented guys. So I didn't make too many uh, mistakes on the field because um, I could always make up for it with um, athletic ability. Um, but when you would, my parents were great um, growing up and teaching me and you know, spend the extra time with me. But um, when someone would make a comment on a mistake you make, you put that in your head at an early age that, yeah, I failed. And then, like you said, you, you make an identity of I am a failure because um, you're, you're too young. You're not, you're not old enough. You're not um, wise enough to know that it's okay to make mistakes. Um, so then you kind of grow into that as you get into high school. Um, every time you make a mistake, you still have that I'm a failure uh, mindset until you can finally, you know, sit down. And mine was a podcast, reading books um, to figure out, no, I'm not a failure. I'm learning from these situations. So um, if we can get that, like I said earlier, in, in the youth level, that mistakes are good and you're learning from it, um, then I think that's the next generation is just going to be, I think, even more higher performers than we have now. Um, just because they're they're playing with confidence at a, at a younger age instead of waiting till maybe halfway through college or last year of college or some people probably never even get to feel the confidence because um, they've always been screamed at or yelled at um, for just simple mistakes. Yes, yeah, and right, that can have a huge impact on your performance, especially over the long term. Um, and, you know, a reason why so many athletes are quitting or burning out, especially in, you know, the youth or high school levels, when they could possibly continue to those, um, you know, higher levels of competition. But yeah, I, that's what I feel like is so important. And I realized, especially when I played at the college level, 
was just how important that mental side was, right? Because I realized you could be the most physically talented athlete in the world, but if you're not able to handle those pressures, the challenges, the failures, right, that stress, you're ultimately going to be limited and you'll probably either burn out, you'll quit, you'll lose enjoyment um, by the time you go the distance or right if that's something you desire, because like any process, right, it takes time and nothing is going to happen overnight. So you got to be able to push through those challenges and failures, which ultimately comes down to your mindset, right? And the way you think about everything. And, you know, if you don't have that mental resilience or toughness, it can be detrimental essentially to your success. Um, but I'm curious, you know, you kind of mentioned that talent piece. Do you believe talent's everything or do you believe that athletes can develop talent as they go along? Um, and what do you feel like is more important, the mental aspect of the game or the physical aspect? Um, mental has to be there before physical can take over. Um, like I said, uh, you can be the most talented person um, on the field. But in my situation, if you're not confident in yourself, you're going to be a step behind. You're going to be just slight. Uh, hesitation in all your decisions and eventually um, someone that might not be as talented but has the confidence is going to surpass you um, just because they're they're playing free um, they're playing at peak to almost full um, potential um, so I would put the the mental side first um, but talent is always something that you can strive to get better at you could you could be labeled as the worst athlete in your eighth or um, fourth grade class. Um, and I've, I've seen it um, firsthand and then develop into maybe the top three athlete in your graduating class. Um, I yell at uh, kids all the time because I, I, I hear coaches say you can't teach speed. Well, yes, you can. You got mechanics and all that. Um, you can increase your power output and speed increases. So you can teach speed um so i i don't think physical has to be there first um get everything in order and like i said you keep working at each thing work at your uh, mental side of it work at your physical side of it and once they meet up um towards the end of your career hopefully it's at what we said um peak potential yeah no that's very interesting and i like that perspective and I feel like for so many youth athletes, just understanding the process and what goes into that. So, you know, when I talk about the process is relating to the long-term athletic development um, and, you know, how you grow and how you develop over your years. So understand that, you know, you could be the most talented athlete when you're 12, 13, 14, but when you get to those higher levels, you may taper off, right? If you've reached your maximum physical output, okay, what's setting you, you apart now? Hopefully you're working on the mental aspect of your game or, you know, getting to that next level in your competition, but the, the long-term athletic development. And I was talking about this with a bit um, with uh, high performance uh, physiotherapist, Mitch Dahl on one of our recent podcasts about just the, the development of athletes and how some athletes don't peak until, you know, like we're talking about their twenties, thirties, um, even some athletes don't hit their, their full man strength or whatever it may be. Um, and being able to realize that full output. But I think I remember I did a study in college um, and just trying to understand this was baseball specific at least, but right, every sport's different and every process is different. But they said that baseball athletes at least didn't peak until they were 27 years of age. So in my mind, I was just thinking, you know, how many athletes, unless you're playing at the professional level, 
how many athletes actually reach their, their maximum output, you know, their full potential, um, you know, especially over the long term. And so many athletes quit before that. So just understanding that, you know, relating to that talent piece is you could be the most talented athlete when you're younger, but that may taper off and vice versa. You could be the least talented athlete when you're younger, but in the future, developing into your body, right? Growth, all that stuff. Um, you know, you could develop that talent as you go on, but just, you know, relating to that mental aspect is like you kind of said, I feel like that's the most important piece, especially in the beginning, because that's, what's going to set you up for success. That's going to help you manage all the challenges, failures, stresses, that's going to, you know, that are bound to happen. Um, but I feel like that's what really sets you apart too. And do you feel like that's what sets, you know, those high level athletes or those elite performers um, from everyone else, you know, just relating to the football world, the CFL world and college when you went through that? Yeah. So um, I'm going to say the late developers have a little bit of an edge if they learn how to control their, their mind. Um, from an early age, it's very easy just to think that you're not good at it and taper off, burn out and quit. Um, but when you stick to it and you kind of learn um, in my situation uh, growing up, um, luckily my dad was always there saying, um, keep working. The kids that are bigger, you'll catch up to one day. Um, cause I, I was never one of the biggest, but I was fast and kind of got away with some things. Um, and he kind of just let me know, keep working, you'll catch up to them. Don't let the guy below you catch you though. Um, so it was, it was always, um, you know, trying to do the, the next thing, trying to get better at the next topic. Um, and, that kind of helped set my mind on, you know, working hard. I had some issues um, like with confidence and stuff, but I knew if I worked hard, I was going to stay towards the top of the athletic, you know, peak in, in my school, in my area. Um, that's what I think led me towards the, the, the hard work and dedication I have for um, football. Um, but yeah, um, stuck to it, uh, ended up passing, you know, everybody in the area that was faster or stronger than me at a, a younger level. And um, then once I learned the, the mental side of it, I kind of took another leap above a couple other athletes and um, ended up getting to a professional level and performing well. Um, got to start this year as a uh, professional running back in the CFL and just having a clear mind Help me, you know, earn the the East All Star Division or yeah award and um, end up um, scoring a couple touchdowns in the Great Cup, um, which is our you know uh, end all goal, uh, winning the Great Cup. So having a clear mind, being confident in myself, I think you know started from a young age, and then kind of worked up to to now. So AJ, I had one final question for you today on the podcast. And I was just wondering if you could go back and tell your 12 year old self um, back in the sports world, something, what would that one thing be to be able to help them perform at your highest potential and be able to achieve maximum success? Yeah. So the, the one thing I would tell them is um, to just to believe in yourself. Um, I would tell them to stay confident, but they would, probably get confused and try to figure out what that that means so uh just just to believe that you're going to make the plays when they're they're uh there to be made um and the mistakes are going to come just just learn from them um and and 
don't get down on yourself because uh, I remember um, some some games where I didn't play very well. You know that that whole car ride, nobody probably said anything to me, but in my head I'm just you know in a bad spot. So just in, enjoy the game, um, the ups and the downs, because that's at a professional level. That's that's mainly what I enjoy is the ups and the downs. Because if you don't have the downs, you don't have any ups. So you just you just gotta um, learn learn how to let some of it go, learn from it, and um, enjoy it when you're at the the peak. I love it, AJ. That's a great perspective to have, and I feel like all athletes, you know, can benefit from that. And yeah, just understand, right? The process is going to take time, but being able to stay positive, you know, keep moving forward, focus on today. Um, and yeah, understand that failure is just a part of that process. Right. And I feel like that's a huge thing for all athletes, um, you know, to utilize and just understand moving forward, but yeah, you know, before we head off here, do you have any other, uh, thoughts or ideas, uh, strategies you feel like could benefit any other athletes? Um, just, just hopefully, um, I know we're, we're, we're talking to some of the athletes and all that, but if there are parents, uh, listening to, um, let let the kids enjoy the game, um, give them all the tools that they need to succeed, which is, you know, the physical side of it, the training, the mental side of it, the sports or the, the, the mindset coaches and all that. But when it comes down to the competition and the actual games, just, just let them enjoy the game um, just so they stick with it longer and they have a, a positive view looking back on it. Yes, I couldn't agree more with you, AJ. I think that's a great perspective as well. Um, yeah, for all parents, you know, listening on this podcast and understand that at the end of the day, it's about having fun, right? That's what sports is. If you're not having fun, you're not enjoying the process. You know, it's going to be very tough to kind of move forward and see success in anything you do in life. Um, so, yeah, I love that perspective and, and that thought there, AJ. So, yeah, I want to thank you very much for joining us on the podcast, you know, sharing your multiple insights, perspectives, uh, strategies that I feel like can benefit so many athletes, uh, whether that's on or off the field. So, yeah, I want to thank you very much again for taking your time to sit down with us today. Thanks for having me. I had a, I had a blast. Um, looking forward to uh, our, our chats in the future. Awesome. I as well. So. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Grind Road to Success podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, then make sure to share it with a teammate or friend. And as always, never settle for average and keep on striving to reach your highest potential on the grind road to success.